Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we come into our second half of our uh, two-part series on uh, Major League Baseball preview for the 2023 season, uh, we broke down the American League uh, te- uh, division by division and team by team in our last podcast. We'll now take a look at the National League and uh, give our summary of the offseason and what we think of the teams going into 2023 as we are on the uh, Eve Eve of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, getting excited for the, the games to, to uh, kick off here as we get into the, the weekend uh, uh, within it. And even though there's a bit of this white stuff in the forecast yet, uh, with it, we're thinking spring and we're thinking baseball and we're thinking regular season. So uh, we will take a look at the National League. But before we kick that off, uh, as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, it was a great opening weekend uh, for the popcorn wagon, especially for, is this the earliest you guys have uh, have kicked off the year? I don't think we've ever been open in March before. So, and the idea behind opening in March was try to get people out early, hopefully have a nice spring. It was not particularly warm either Friday or Saturday, but people still came. Very thankful for that. Lots of people you still came You mean if out. you open it, they will come? If you open it, they will come. And How we had lots that? of people come. I saw a lot of people already. This week, again, Friday and Saturday, I know there is a chance of like some pretty bad winds, I think, on Friday. We'll see. Hopefully, we'll still be there, assuming that it's not completely dangerous. You'll see my dad on Friday, and then I'll be there Saturday. And then the following weekend, we're just doing Saturday. So opening day of baseball, Thursday, can't come to get that. But everybody, I know not every team plays Thursday. I think there's like six that don't or something like that. Everybody plays Friday. You can come get your popcorn then to watch. So we will look forward to uh, some uh, good popcorn and some good baseball uh, starting this upcoming weekend. Again, we'll have uh, uh, this will end our uh, preview of the upcoming MLB season. Our next podcast will also feature uh, the first uh, oh the first uh, like maybe three games in, uh, give or take, uh, which will mean that uh, it'll be time for not only our prediction show because we'll wait for that one to give our predictions of how we think the year will go, but we'll use those three games to be our knee-jerk reaction, which is always my favorite one uh, of the year to do for some uh, crazy hot takes uh, to start the season uh, within it. the old ones to go back and look at. I my should, I my best was the law firm of Burns and Woodruff, I'm calling gonna... that as the best one-two punch uh, before that took off. So that was my best one I've ever done. I don't remember my worst, which is probably the best way for a memory to work. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll maybe we'll try to pull up some of those uh, uh, by our, our next podcast. But without further ado, we'll dive into the National League. We'll start in the National League East, uh, and why don't you take her away? We start at the top, and the top team, actually by record, not the top team as far as finish because the Phillies made the World Series, but they did not finish first. Remember that they were just a wild card team, rather the Braves. Finished first at, with a record of 101 and 61, and actually the Mets also had that record, but the Braves had the tiebreaker. Braves 101 and 61. 
not a huge amount of ads. The big one we were talking about before we started, Sean Murphy, the catcher. That's the biggest addition they made this offseason. They did add some others. Key losses, they lost Dansby Swanson. He left as a free agent. They lost their closer, Kenley Jansen. They traded away William Contreras. That's part of what the return was for Sean Murphy. Those would be the, I guess, the keyest cogs. They did also lose Adam Duvall. But once again, even with some of those losses, it is still the team. I think that's probably the best team in the National League. I think at least they're certainly in contention. That's what I was going to ask was the when you when you take a look look at the loss of talent from Contreras, from Swan, uh, uh, Swanson uh, to uh, – I don't know why I blank on his name. Jansen? Jansen, thank you. Um, at some point, talent drain uh, be- becomes a, a question. And this is the deepest team. They showed it last year within it. Uh, but there's still some people that are, are they as, part of their ceiling is based on guys who haven't shown it yet at the major league level or shown flashes. And what I mean, like, something like Von Grissom uh, being one of these guys within it. But now he's not even going to break the camp with the team. Uh is that uh, uh, would that be one of those meant for next week's uh, knee jerk reactions uh, to that? Is this team still as deep as what they appeared to be last year in going 101 wins? Do you still feel confident in a mid 90 win team? They're going to rely on on young players. It's going to rely on young players, and I would say, I you can't even say taking a step up because they had the top two players finishing in rookie of the year. So I don't think you can ask for more out of Michael Harris or Spencer Strider. Now, you mentioned Vaughn Grissom. By May 1st, I think he's back. I can't imagine this team is rolling with Orlando Arcia at shortstop. I don't care how bad Vaughn Grissom's defense is. Maybe he's not Dansby Swanson, who's arguably one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. But I think he was hitting like 350 again in spring training. Vaughn Grissom was. He'll be back. It won't take him that long. And they have some Kyle Wright's injured right now. Raziel Iglesias is going to start the year on the IR, but or IL, excuse me. But A.J. Minter, pretty good to fill in. They have another very good bullpen and they found some pretty amazing young arms, at least in spring training. Jared Schuster looks like he's going to be the one to fill in for Kyle Wright. He went, I think, 18 strikeouts to four walks in 18 innings in spring training. I know he's another lefty, so they, everybody instantly brings up Spencer Strider. I, that's a ridiculous comparison. He won't be that good. But these guys, this team's really good at finding pitchers. They still have a very good rotation, starting with Freed, Morton, and Strider at the top. Schuster just holds down the fort until Kyle Wright gets back, and maybe if he's good, they keep him. It's still one of the teams to beat. This is a, this is going to be probably the best division in baseball. We're going to talk about two other phenomenal teams and another couple of teams, well, one good team, and then the Nationals. But there's, it's a good division. I don't know. You can't say they're far and away favorites just because they play in that division. From relying on talent within to a team that uh, says they'll go out and buy any and every talent. Uh, that's the, the difference in an organizational philosophy uh, as we look at the New York Mets, uh, who decided uh, whatever you got, we'll take it. Yeah, that's so the Mets also finished 101-61 last year, and while we just said, well, the Braves added a few pieces, lost a few pieces, the Mets just said we want all the players we can get. So the big addition is Justin Verlander's coming off of a Cy Young Award. They add the to their already old rotation with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer at the top. And then they went out and they signed the best player from Asia this year, or at least the most sought-after player. Yoshida's look pretty good. But Kodai Senga to also add into the rotation. Uh, Jose Quintana came in. He's now, I think, hurt his rib. He's going to miss for a few months to add to the rotation. But even more, you know, Tommy Pham is going to be a fourth outfielder here. And David Robertson's going to fill in at closer because 
Edwin Diaz is unfortunately lost for the season. They will probably plug it with either David Robertson or Anavino. So those are all just additions. Now, as far as losses, it's not a ton. Of course, they did lose Jacob DeGrom. That's a pretty big one, but you can say DeGrom and Verlander is as, as close to a trade as you can get for Jacob DeGrom as anything is to replace him with Justin Verlander. And and the innings difference cannot be overlooked. Yes. Now, Chris Bassett's gone. That that one's big. Taiwan Walker is pretty good for this team, too. So you can say they lose three starters and you replace them with Verlander, Senga, and Quintana if he was healthy or more of a healthy, you know, they actually have pretty good pitchers. I know you like McGill. I like McGill. David Peterson's pretty good. So does all the roster turnover lead to more wins? I guess that's the big question, right? They're at 101 already. You add all these players, do they get to, can they repeat with triple digits? And I think that they have the veteran experience they want where it doesn't all rely on uh, veteran experience and reliability being the key. Uh, they had veteran experience last year. They didn't always have reliability. Scherzer and Verlander helped that at the top when it's not just Scherzer. It's Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, DeGrom, the best of the three pitchers uh, on a per-pitch talent level right now. Uh, but how many of those pitches are you getting has always been the question. So I think that is actually an upgrade for the Mets, not in terms of perception, but in terms of reality uh, in innings pitch. So I like that. Uh New York is a fickle market. Uh, I want to see uh, uh, how Singa does after a couple of bu- after like a couple of back-to-back bumpy starts. I want to see how he responds to that. If he responds to that first one well, I have no question he'll be just fine in New York. But that's what I need to see. I need to see that he can handle that market when the uh, when the shine wears off, when the market goes at him uh, after a, a couple of back-to-back starts, which happens to everybody. Like Scherzer and, and Verlander have gotten shelled for like seven runs on back-to-back starts before, and no one blinks an eye uh, at it. They will be all over this when Senga does. That's just the reality of the situation. So how he responds will be, to me, the, the, that is my key to their ceiling because he has to be that number three. That's what they're getting him there to do. Uh, and so that's what he needs to show that he can do, and he has the hardest transition of anyone in order to do that. Uh, sometimes players come over and they jump in right away, and they you know that rookie of the year moniker for uh, for that. Uh, other times it can take some time. Remember how highly sought after the uh, Cubs outfielder was uh, last year within it, uh, and was fine. Was fine, but it was not nearly not impactful uh, of what they were hoping they were getting immediately. Now I think he's being underlooked at this point, uh, and that's for a different team. We'll cover that later. Uh, but it, sometimes it takes a year. So can he be as good as they need him to be uh, right out of the gate? That's going to be the question. Have you seen Senga pitch at all in spring training or the World Baseball Classic? Did you see him? He's looked good. I think just a little bit of the uh, uncharacteristic wildness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, that's, that's not Asian his players career. are usually not like that either. Uh, and so, and so that I, I write off right away unless I see that after like four or five starts in a row, uh, where all of a sudden something's happening. Uh, I'm writing that part off. But the the quality of pitches he was holding off on his uh, on, the big, on the his big knockout split, pitch, the big ghost fork as he likes to call it. That's the name of it, which is an amazing. That's an awesome pitching name, by the way, ghost fork, which is basically a power splitter that he has. Supposedly he can throw 94. So. Yeah, I think Senga's going to – I don't have a whole lot of concerns. I think he could be a mid-three ZRA guy. And like you said, when you're behind Scherzer and Verlander to eat innings, this team should not have to worry about – now, Edwin – I don't want to say you shouldn't have to worry about Edwin Diaz because he's one of the best two or three closers in the game. So it is a loss, don't get me wrong. But if there's a team that wants to eat a ton of innings out of their starters, it's a team that has Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander who – I mean, if Max Scherzer is – gets taken out before the seventh inning, he's going to be threatening to punch his manager. Like, that's the type of player he is. So 
you know that these two want to pitch a lot of innings. This team's going to try to get there. And which team is likely to go out and buy a relief pitcher on the trade market by the deadline? That's this. This is an easier one to upgrade when the time comes, uh, but it might take again this type of transition. Uh, so players in transition, so it's not the same group within it. Uh, and then you have uh, a key injury at a key spot. Uh, could you have a couple of blown saves in April and getting everyone panicking a little bit? Yeah, and I expect it. I, I don't think they're going to get out to a hot start in April. They never uh, do. And, yeah, and so uh, with with that, because some of these guys take a little more time to get into a groove, you have the uh, uh, the WBC is one of those that can cause a little bit of uh, – uh, a goof up in the, the first month as they get, try to get into a, this isn't the norm. And so uh, pitchers are and baseball players are creatures of habit, and this isn't habit. So uh, it's going to create some more wider variations uh, in win-loss record and in performance in the first of four to six weeks. But the key always at the end of April, do you come out of it healthy and at least at a 500 record? This is a team that will go on a tear uh, later in the season. Uh, so you just want to make sure you're, you're no more uh, no worse off than than that. Uh, but if they have a 500 record or right at it after the first month, I'm not batting an eye or thinking there's any issue whatsoever. So that's for them. But uh, top two teams uh, have the great record, but team after them uh, had the better playoff performance, Philadelphia. Yeah, the World Series team last year. And then they went out and they added Trey Turner, who's Best batter, one of the best few bats on the market, the best bat that changed teams. Aaron Judge returned to New York. But Trey Turner came over here, the superstar leadoff man that he is. They added Taiwan Walker, kept him within the division. And then Craig Kimbrell isn't what he used to be, but Matt Strom, Gregory Soto to actually help the bullpen. I don't want to say fortify. None of those guys are superstars, but fortify the bullpen. But this is the team you mentioned injuries. This is the team that right now is going in with the most. Uh, Bryce Harper is going to miss likely the first half of the season as he recovers from Tommy John. Then he will DH. Remember, he was battling that all year. He actually broke his thumb. Remember, Blake Snell hit him on the thumb, but he was battling the short shoulder, so he didn't play the outfield. In the offseason, he had the Tommy John surgery. He can likely play DH by the middle of the season, but we won't see him till then. And then just this past week, Reese Hoskins was fielding a ground ball at first base and tore his ACL. He's out for the season and their superstar pitching prospect, Andrew Painter, was looking like he was going to break camp with the team, and he is suffering from uh, forearm tightness, which is terrifying. I know they're trying to do the rest thing. Hopefully it works. We've seen it work sometimes. We've seen it lead to just later Tommy John and causing him two years. It's still a very good team, a very good offense. Adding Trey Turner to the top of the offense helps. I think Reese Hoskins falling out of the middle, that's, that's just really bad luck. This team's had some really bad luck to start the year. But we saw it last year. This is a team that you mentioned the word high variance already. Like, it's very high variance. It's still high variance. Adding Trey Turner, if it had Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper, would make it less high variance. But the way it is right now, still very high variance because it's two star pitchers with Taiwan Walker and then uh, right now Bailey Falter and Matt Strom because Ranger Suarez is also hurt. So they have some injury concerns already. But we've seen this team just has to get to the playoffs and they can they can win games because – uh, Kyle Schwarber can get really hot, or JT Armuto can get really hot, and we've seen him do it already. Well, and this is the, uh, we said last year, and this has been our case for this team for the past couple of years, we said this is the team that is built not for the regular season, it's built for the playoffs. Uh, and nothing has changed that uh, uh, the talent level for that, especially when, you uh, I would have loved to have seen this offense at full strength. We're now going to have to wait until the second half of the year to fully see that because the Trey Turner addition 
most impactful addition of a contending team in the offseason. Uh, which isn't, you know, that's not exactly, uh, you know, a big prediction or <laughs> a huge hot take in any regard within it to the level of Trey Turner has been and the money they paid for him uh, to do that. Uh, but uh, we know how their GM loves to collect stars. Here's another one added to that list. Uh, and the first base is another one of those that you can add something at the, the trade deadline for. I'm not worried about that. Uh, it's interesting to see what they do uh, with where are they projecting Schwerber in this lineup now that Trey Turner is likely to be the, the leadoff hitter? Uh, so you're going to take advantage of that power a little bit more. Uh, and also that on-base percentage, I don't know if they're planning on him at, at two or... So right now, Roster Resource has Trey Turner batting leadoff, Kyle Schwerber batting two and playing DH, JT Ramuto at third, uh, Derek Hall they have replacing Reese Hoskins and batting cleanup. We saw him at times last year, kind of a platoon bat, but can still hit 20 home runs. Castellanos, five... Bryson Stott, six, Bohm, seven, Jake Caven left at eight, and Brandon Marsh batting ninth and playing center field. I know they've already talked about moving Bohm to first some days against lefties and then playing Edmundo Sosa, who they got last year too. So they'll plug it all together. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber is – the walks are always the part, right? He can hit 200, but he's going to get on base at probably at least a 340 clip because he walks so much. and Which puts him at a great number two after uh, he's also uh, after Turner. The average will go up to – he's another one. The average will rise substantially without the shift because he's a huge pull hitter, and I think that will be really helped. I I think the tr- – I mean, you can make the case Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber are the best one-two in the league as far as, like, just – their on-base skills, and Trey Turner is going to cause havoc with the new the new stealing rules. Don't be surprised if Trey Turner doesn't put together a 20-homer, 40-steal, 300-season with 100 runs scored. I think that's well within the realm of possibility. Schwarber can hit, I don't know, 35-plus home runs again. I think he was second in baseball. He led the National League. Only Trout or Trout Judge hit more than him. Could happen again. This team is This team is always going to be fun to watch. You just know that. They're going to have up streaks and they're going to have down streaks because they have a lot of streaky players. This offense is very good, and the second half is where they have a chance to be elite. Uh, when, when Bryce Harper comes back. Bryce Harper back. comes back and is Bryce Harper. That's a scary lineup. When you put him at cleanup behind Turner, Schwarber, Riomuto, and then had a Castellano, Stott, Bohm, like, that's a scary good lineup. Uh, Bohm looks very uh, very good this spring. He's been the uh, a perennial uh, breakout pick uh, and – more people believe that's possible uh, this year to see more of his ceiling being reached. We'll see what happens there. But the key to, to me and this team is is Castellanos. That's that to me is the linchpin for the first half of their year with that offense. Because if he's uh, better than he was last year, maybe not the e- e peak Cincinnati years. I was you know a very hitter friendly ballpark uh, within it. But if if he's closer to that player uh, within it, that tips the scales on this offense. I think we could see that. Let's go on to Miami. Well, before, before you do, oh, there's one last uh, thing. Since I mentioned it last uh, last week talking about uh, who do you rank as the number one overall fantasy pick, uh, and we go through and we said, do we agree that that uh, pick is Trey Turner? Uh, and then I get the first overall pick in our league, uh, and do I pick Turner? No. I end up picking Jose Ramirez instead. Uh, and that was more gut for me with uh, third base uh, being the harder to fill than shortstop. Uh, within it, so I decided to go with that. So let's, I'll, I'll be revisiting that at the end of the year to see uh, if, uh, as as I obviously said, uh, Turner is a, an elite. Uh, if he gets anywhere that 20, 40, 100 uh, 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 runs within it, uh, not that I'm crying over Jose Ramirez, those two are the, are the most 
consistent top fantasy picks in the last five years. Uh, so it's either 1A or 1B. Uh, but my curse of the first-round pick is what scares me. Uh, so we'll see. If anyone is a Jose Ramirez fan uh, or you end up drafting him and he does the worst ever uh, in his career, you can blame the first-round pick curse on me. I'm not going to complain. I picked fourth, and I still got Trey Turner. So Because Freddie Freeman and Julio Rodriguez went. So I'm not complaining. I hope he does just fine here. But, yeah, blame Dan when Jose Ramirez stinks this year. Don't blame me. On to the Marlins. On to the Marlins. The Marlins did what they always kind of do and added on the margins, but I, I always kind of like some of their additions. Johnny Cueto, it's not a big name. He was pretty good last year. Now, they don't exactly need pitching, so it was a little surprising, but Gene Segura is an awesome, awesome signing. I love Gene Segura. He's very underrated. Trading for Luis Arise, coming off of a batting title, that was a big one. Uh, and then bullpen arms. AJ Puck has been awesome in spring training, and JT Shark Waugh from your team. Good bullpen arms. Now, they did finally have to give up one of their pitchers. It's the one that we've been expecting for a while. Pablo Lopez was the, I don't remember, I think it was just Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez straight up. I don't even remember if there was any yeah, prospects. It's a straight-up rare one-for-one one trade in baseball. But uh, this question is still the same for this team. It's been the same question for a while. Is the offense good enough to support the very good pitching? Sandy Alcantara coming off of a Cy Young award. Jesus Cesardo looks great. Trevor Rogers has looked more like Trevor Rogers of two years ago in spring training. Mentioned Cueto and Cabrera, and then there's always more pitching coming if they need it. Max Myers recovering from Tommy John surgery. He was a very highly regarded prospect last year, and we're waiting for him again. The pitching will be fine. Does Luis Arise and Gene Segura do enough to fortify the offense? And the simple answer is no. Uh, I, I think the first and foremost, this is going to be one of the most contact-driven uh, offenses in all of baseball. Uh, so that's, that's what they banked on. They couldn't get power. So they went for contact, and they got the best guy with that with Luis Arias. I mean, you're not going to uh, beat uh, a batting uh, title champ in that regard. So they went to the extreme in that regard. If Garrett Cooper is healthy, those are a nice uh, for guys that have that contact, maybe a little bit of power mixed in there. Uh, Gene Segura, a great uh, veteran bat to at least be complimentary at this stage. But he does. I think he's better than people give him credit for at this stage in his career. But he doesn't move the needle, right? Like That's the thing. Luis Arise is a very – complimentary is a great word. Like, Luis Arise and Gene Segura, if you have a an offense like Philly, right? We'll just go back to Philly, who we just talked about. Those would be incredible pieces in that offense. Guys who get on base so you can drive them in. They just don't – Jazz Chisholm's amazing. Jazz Chisholm's one of the most fun players in baseball. Absolutely right up there with O'Neill Cruz. I hope he stays healthy and we can see what a full season looks like. They're bank, you're banking on players that they've signed before to be what they paid for them to be. Jorge Soler – has struggled. Obviously, El Garcia has struggled. In order for this team to really compete, they need some of those players to actually hit for the home runs and the power that they expect. Because otherwise, there's just not – It's you cannot project enough runs to compete with the teams we just talked about. I'll disagree slightly in saying, do they move the needle? The answer is yes, and the reason why – is because of what they what they're replacing, sure. uh, and so does it move the needle? Sure, but the problem is that needle has a long ways to go to actually get you to uh, having enough of an offense uh, that can utilize your pitching and and be a playoff contending team. Uh, does this move the needle? Yeah, it's not going to move it enough, uh, and, and this will be at least. Uh, a more entertaining offense, but it's going to be a frustrating offense because contact, if you have to string together hit after hit after hit, even the best guys uh, don't uh, make it work seven times out of ten. And we just talked about that's stringing together hit after hit against the Mets two-star aces, the yep. uh, Phillies two aces, the Braves multiple aces. Like I know they're not no. playing the balanced schedule anymore. That's the only thing that helps them. That's what? the only thing that helps them. 
Okay, I forgot. We forgot to do the over-under picks here. So Braves, 100 wins, over-under. You really It's so hard to pick anyone over a, over a, uh, 100 within it. If you gave me the over-under at 95... See, that, that's, where, that's, that's where I struggle. Uh, I, 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 Mets 95 then. I'll give both the over. Both the over? Okay. I'll go over for the Braves. I'm going to go under for the Mets. I just... Something will go wrong. It always feels like something happens. How about Phillies 90? Yeah. Uh, I, I still think the uh, this is the team that versus the others that try to go like like full five deep with the rotation. Phillies will do four and then bank you know, and figure something out. Patchwork the fifth. Uh, and then when the playoffs come around, they only need four. And then so they're built for that. That's the whole point. I don't know if I even said. The Marlins went 69 and 93 last year. I'm going to put that number, though, more like 80. That's the number I had in my head for like w- the over under. I think they're improved uh, from that sixty nine and ninety three record. They they had a lot of bad luck last year and injury bad luck. So when you put that together with an offense that is improved, uh, it's just not going to be improved based upon who they're competing with in the three teams above them. So I'm going to go over for the eighty. I'll say all uh, the top four teams have a winning record. Uh, in the uh, uh, the NL East, but I won't be saying say, that for number say, five. I don't think we can guarantee all five here because this is. Possibly the worst team in baseball. It is almost undoubtedly the worst rotation in baseball. We talked about the A's last week at the very end. That is the only team that competes with this team, as far as I am concerned, for worst team in baseball. It is almost quite clearly the worst NL team. That is the Washington Nationals. Last year they had a record of 55-107. and 107. And here's the thing. That might be better than they do this year. It is really ugly. I mean, you're not buying their 13 and 12 record in, in spring training. I am not buying their 13 and 12. Good for you guys, but they lost. <laughs> I mean, they can say they were winners at one point this year. Right. They added Dom Smith. I kind we kind of like Dom Smith. That's fine. They added Jamer Candelario again. I kind of like Jamer Candelario, but Dom Smith. They lost Luke Voigt. Is it an improvement? I don't know. They're kind of the same player. They lost Nelson Cruz. I know he wasn't particularly good last year. I'm not sure Jimer Candelario is – I like Jimer Candelario. I'm not sure he's that much better. And then – Are you a believer in Joey Menezes? I'm a believer in him being fine, but he's not carrying your offense. Who else in that lineup do you like? Like, rock solid, this is a good player. Are we 100% positive on any of them? For catcher, Kyber Ruiz. Okay, I'll give you – okay, I'll give you Kyber Ruiz. I And fine player. Don't get me wrong. A good player, yes. Not Maybe a – Maybe Corey Dickerson? Eh. <sighs> He's Maybe? batting cleanup. Corey Dickerson oh. is projected to bat cleanup on this yeah. team. Is there any other team that we've talked like we just said no. the Phillies are batting Brandon Marsh ninth. Does Corey Dickerson bat ninth in the Phillies lineup then? Because I think he's worse than Brandon Marsh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just it. Like so, said, it is it's the I, I can pick out at least like two guys for pitchers, and I can pick two for uh, for uh, uh, for offensive starters. And that's about it. And none of that even gets you to a third or half uh, of what you need it uh, to be. Josiah Gray, I like sure. him as a young starter. Mackenzie Gore is going to get the innings and the just just go out there every five days. As long as your health will let you, go out there every five days. And really that's what he needs is that opportunity. So is this the best spot outside of an elite pitching coach uh, uh, for Mackenzie Gore to actually reach his potential? Yeah, I think this is going to give him exactly what he needs, so I like that. Uh, and How about those other starters? Woo! 
Patrick uh, Corbin. Do we have to? Uh, Trevor Williams, Chad Cool. I wanted to see Cade Cavalli. He's having Tommy John surgery, so we're not going to get to see him. Yeah, that, this, this is a team that is just simply buying time till we see the return from the Juan Soto trade, you, right? You, That's know, what we're you know what the for. good news is about Williams and Cool? They have cool names. That you don't have to pay them like $150 million like you do Patrick Corbin. Like, that's what they got going oh, for them right now. Speaking of $150 million, how's the, oh, Steven Strasburg still dealing with a stress reaction in his ribs? He is still also on the roster, and we are still paying you him know, that massive When you contract. look at the uh, uh, the best... Uh, 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 yeah, you're going to say Well, no, I, I'm going for it. I'm forgetting his uh, name from like the, the Roaring Twenties era uh, with like best bank robbers of all time. Uh, uh, with it, and uh, I was with Tommy Two Guns, I think, was one of the guys. Yeah, and there, there's good. another uh, Babyface Nelson. That's there who I was go. going there for within go. it. Make sure to put in that iconic <laughs> picture. Put Steven Strasburg right up there with it, because no one has raided a bank better uh, 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 and given nothing in return for it than Steven Strasburg. That, that's a outside of his teammate Patrick Corbin, but at least he shows up every five uh, every five days. That's about the all that he'll do. He's not going to do anything with it, but he'll show up every five days. Three seasons, Steven Strasburg has not has reached a total of thirty innings. We talk about Chris Sale and man, Steven Strasburg's on a whole other level. So, look, if you're a Nationals fan, I'm sorry for you. This is the team. When we first started, we talked about the Pirates positive. This is the team here that I think you got to find a Nationals positive because Nationals nice. Nice Nationals. We'll try and find one every week when we do the podcast for somebody to talk about for the Nationals. What you want right now from this team are just building blocks. Mm-hmm. Find building blocks this I think year. Manessis, you mentioned guys? Manessis. I think Manessis. Corey Dickerson at 34 is not a building block. Wait and see C.J. Abrams, right? C.J. So Abrams, Kyber Ruiz. Ruiz. Those are building blocks. Maybe Luis Garcia, and then you mentioned the starters. I guess that's what you want to see, what you got there, and then you just bide your time and see when – Robert Hassel and some of those guys they got back come and make a difference. This team can, uh, you get the building blocks. You know, this team can spend. It has shown that it's willing to do that. Now, can it spend a little more wisely? Is, is the hope? Uh, stay away from Scott Boris. How about that for number one? Uh, and, and then number two, uh, continuously with the farm system comes up with you want you want to be paying attention to those the, the your farm your weekly farm report. That's what your hope is right now. Show me something there that's coming. Uh, to add to these guys right here with, and I went through those Devil Rays days. That's exactly what I paid attention to within it. You at least need that to give yourself some hope. We'll see if there's a Nationals nice or nice Nationals uh, throughout the the season as we'll take a peek at that as well. Let's move to the Central. Actually, let's wait. We're going to go to the West. Okay, I can do that. We let's go, go to, to the West. West. We'll keep we'll keep our our, our brew crew uh, waiting just a little longer. Uh, well, as we, we know who won the West last year. That would be the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have won it for a while. A Actually, the year before, maybe they didn't even win it. Was that the year that the Giants won it? I don't even remember who won it, but it was the Giants, Padres, Dodgers run. But last year, the Dodgers wiped the floor with everybody else. 100 wins, 111 wins to 51 losses. But this is the first year in a while where they did, they lost a lot more than they gained. Now, Trey Turner is the biggest loss, but Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney were very important pitchers for them at times last year. Justin Turner is a... Dodgers icon who's been there for a long time. Cody Bellinger has been bad for a while, but we've seen him be good. Officially, Trevor Bauer is now off the roster. We don't have to talk about him. And even Craig Kimbrell in the in the bullpen. And technically Joey Gallo, too, although he didn't do anything for them. So those are all of the losses. Now the big additions, no Aaron Judge, no Trey Turner, no Dansby Swanson, no Xander Bogarts, no Carlos Correa, J.D. Martinez. I, we like J.D. Martinez. That's fine. He's a good player, but that's not – those other players, right? David Peralta, he's a fine platoon bat. 
Noah Syndergaard, that's replacing Tyler Anderson? Eh, not really sure about that. Jason Hayward, Miguel Rojas, it's just not the type of offseason that we're used to. It's a very typical offseason. But, and here's the big but, it's still a really good team, right? It's maybe not the big offseason, and we know what they're doing, right? They've, they haven't really hidden it. They are saving money. They do not want to go over the luxury tax yet because in this offseason they will be throwing unbelievable amounts of money at a certain Japanese two-way player to get him to just cross the side of the California there, and that's that's what they're doing this year. But I still think this team can compete to win the National League West. Yes. Ooh, that was, ooh you're, you felt like you had some doubt in your voice there. Okay, I, I, I like it. And, and the reason why is, is this, because I've watched whether I can point to the New York Yankees or I can point to the Tampa Bay Rays or I can point to like the Phil, a couple of teams within it that uh, – when things go, when when you get enough things going wrong, or there's high volatility that leads to a likelihood of things going wrong, that's the Dodger offense right now. There's three guys that are in this lineup that are you could argue to be the best at their position. When you're talking yep. about Will Smith, you're talking about Freddie Freeman, you're talking about Mookie Betts. No question, they have an elite top three. MVP. Oh, I guess Will Smith hasn't won an MVP, but otherwise MVPs. Yes, those those are those are good, and Will Smith is certainly. Great. Yes, I would agree. And a nice uh, that farm system has produced a lot, and so uh, Miguel Vargas is the next line, next man up in that in that uh, process. Uh, and there's a lot to be uh, high on within it, but sometimes those young players don't do uh, the trajectory, uh, the, the nice easy up that you want them. Or for usually for the the Dodgers, it's a luxury. They need him to be good this year. Max Muncie has had issues. For at least a season and a half. That elbow, I remember ever since yep. he hurt that, that elbow was, uh, I don't remember if it was in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure it was. And but. for hitters within it, especially and more than pitchers, hitters, that don't get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find a way to manage it, and hopefully it, it doesn't alter your swing where you can still do something, but that's still a number one question. David Peralta looked like a ghost in the second half of the year when he was a trade pickup for the Tampa Bay Rays. So did J.D. Martinez. First half, second half splits has been an issue for a while, and that creeps up with an older player who wears down by the second half of the year. Uh, And then you're at replacement level for some of the other players that you have there within it. So could you make an argument that uh, Muncie, Martinez, uh, Peralta, uh, and the guys that are listening, if Vargas doesn't uh, show up within it, could six of the nine players in this lineup be below average? There's a I mean, possibility. You can certainly make the argument. Now, yeah. is it likely? No. But are the majority of those likely on the basis of probability? Yes. Uh, be, both of the recent statistics as well as uh, what they, uh, uh, what you see from teams when you get when you rely on older aging veterans that are starting to get past their prime. Uh, the question is going to become, who's going to actually perform better at DH this year? Is it going to be J.D. Martinez or is it going to be Justin Turner? That's, that is going to be the question. I think I because there was a swap there on that, I and I don't know actually. for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I can't say for sure that the Dodgers got the better player. Here's so, where, I, so my my question is on that they have pitching. And I didn't touch on any of that with what I just said, but they're hitting. This is the worst offensive uh, fielding team, starter fielding team the Dodgers have put out here in at least a half decade. Yeah, definitely. Since we started doing this podcast, we've never we've always talked about them star, 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 star. It's like you mentioned three three stars, a couple of maybe former stars, and then question marks. 
unfortunately for them, they had their massive injury. They were hoping to replace uh, Trey Turner with Gavin Lux. He is out for the year as well. That stunk for them. But, yeah, the offense is as questionable as it's been in a long time. I still think the pitching's really good. I Julio Urias is a great. Justin May, a full season. I want to see it. Gonsolin's already hurt. It doesn't sound too bad. Sounds like they're going to get him probably early May. Kershaw, you know you're going to get another one, right? You're going to get 130 innings. It's going to be as good as anybody in baseball for the 130 innings. Who knows what they got out of Syndergaard? Who knows if they'll be able to fix him? We didn't really have a whole lot of hope at this time last year for Tyler Anderson, and they turned him into a very good pitcher. They do this with players all the time. I don't know if they'll do it with Syndergaard. If not, they have multiple. This is the spot where they do have a bunch of AAA replacements. Pepio has been pretty good. Gavin Stone is one of the highest-regarded pitching prospects in baseball. Uh, they have some other ones down there as well. And then, of course, we're waiting for Walker Bueller. That's likely not this year as well. But I, I don't know if they'll win this year. I, I fully understand that they are playing until next year. Imagine a rotation next year. Shohei Otani, Julio Urias, Dustin May, Walker Bueller, uh, Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw. Now we're talking again. So it's a team... Which is why, as you're describing, I do see a one-year dip. Oh, it's and I don't dip. see them winning the the West. Okay. I'll say that for next week, but I don't see a win in the West. I I can I can buy that. Let's let's give the number though. Ninety-five again. Taking the under on that. Under. Okay. Ninety. Yes. Right around there. That's what yeah, I can buy that. But could this be an eighty-eight win team? Yeah. Sure. I'm thinking this is probably the, the more likely team then in your mind to win it. Let's go on to the San Diego Padres. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But last year, 89 and 73. Now we have seen that they will add and add and add, and that is exactly what they did. They do. They did go out and add big names, the biggest one being Xander Bogarts to, yes, to add like the fourth shortstop to this roster with Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Haseon, Kim, and Xander Bogarts. They will make them all work as Kim is going to slide to second base. Fernando Tatis is now a full-time outfielder. Manny Machado's playing third. There was questions about would Manny Machado be motivated to play, and then after a while of talking about him giving extension, they found, I don't know, like 400 million reasons for him to be happy to play again for them with some massive extension this offseason. Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, old guys, but decent veterans, and then a couple more pitchers in Michael Walker and Seth Lugo, but they had losses as well. Uh, Jurgson Profar was good at times. Will Myers was good at times. Brandon Drury. Josh Bell, Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, those are the big ones. It's, again, another team that's one of the best in baseball, and this one got better. And I guess the question is simply, now are they the team to beat in this division? Because for a while it's been – they're always kind of like the little brother that tries to catch the Dodgers. If you don't do it this year, I don't know when it's going to happen. Well, here's two crazy things that I'll, I'll say uh, within it, and, and one uh... – I really should say for next week because this okay. will be my hot save take, it, but uh, but I may I may end up nope. saying it anyways because okay. I'm I'm rolling with it. But uh, Blake's now for Cy Young. Well, I'm not that crazy, okay. uh, but uh, this team opposite on offense, right? Uh, they have offense, and this team as, has stars. as much as I will never ever ever draft Juan Soto ever again in my life. He didn't somehow forget how to hit or drop off the face of the earth. This is going to write itself positive regression in some which way, shape, or form within it. He'll be comfortable going to full season with them. Uh, it's a great environment over there. Uh, so if he does anything like what you expected him to do, and as one of the top five, top ten best players in all of Major League Baseball, uh, period, at his age and still rising up, uh, with uh, if he shows that, if he just shows what his career has been, 
The Padres haven't seen that upgrade yet. They haven't seen it at all. Him with a healthy Tatis, who comes back in the, after the first three weeks, uh, and then you add that to Machado and, and Bogarts. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Bogarts, but as a complimentary star uh, in that core, yeah, he's going to do great in that, in that role uh, within that. So this team uh, offensively has stars for days. Uh, now, you can't say the same thing necessarily about the pitching. That's, that's where we get the opposite uh, of what is going on there within. And it is fascinating to see the difference in roster construction. Uh, but you Darvish is still as solid as ever. Joe Musgrove, solid as ever. Uh, Blake Snell is erratic as ever, but uh, you're going to have days that you love him, days that you hate him. Uh, uh, but the problem is, after you get past that, if you had a fourth guy that you really counted on, I would be less concerned. There's only three. And yeah. your third one is, is is the highest volatile pitcher uh, in Major League Baseball. They're going with the four, five, six, throw it at the wall, old guy's approach, right? Nick Martinez, we saw be pretty effective returning from Japan last year, but that was as a swing starter, relief pitcher option. That's kind of what Seth Lugo has made a career out of doing now with the Mets. And Michael Waka has had success at times. He's struggled at times. But, yeah, that's 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 the question because offensively there is no questions. You mentioned Xander Bogarts. I think he goes from – he's probably the – fifth best batter on this team, which is saying something. That's amazing to say that. Uh, but the offense is going to do just fine. This one's going to come down to the pitching. They did – remember they had a bullpen deficit. Remember they made the trade for Josh Hader. Now they have to deal with it. They have to deal with his contract because I don't believe they sent him to extension yet. So Josh Hader is at the back of the bullpen. That's a big one. And then Fernando Tatis comes back in 22 days or 24 days, something like that. My two crazy takes. Okay, I'm ready. Nelson Cruz. I, you're, you're all in. I know you are. <laughs> uh, he has another good year in him yet. Uh, he, uh, baseball's best paid $1 million player. Uh, it doesn't take much to get there. Uh, but I think he is going to be, let's give him a top 10 DH uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, so I'm, like I'm going like to go one. that one. Uh, and then the second one, this is the California team that Otani ends up at. Oh, man. Oh, I love that one. This That's is the California right team that Otani ends up at. Unless he just wants to uh, have that Dodger blue on within it, they need him more, they want him more, and they will pay as much because they have the need and the rotation, yeah. and they'll take the bat to go along with it. They will offer him a $500 million contract. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this team signs. Uh, this team... I don't know that appeals. They to weren't Otani. done They'll bring before. In Asian players. They, right? they wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they were after Judge. Yep. Uh, yes, within were. and that yes. was even even with keeping all the other players that were there within it. So they weren't done yet. And talking about floating that type of money after everything they've already done, uh, definitely makes me believe that they they will chase uh, for the the best player in the offseason for someone that fills a pitching role and the hitting role at the same time. Uh, and I think as far as a a full, uh, diverse team, a fun, young, exciting team within it. He would fit well uh, with here. Uh, and honestly, this is the better team for him to go to. Uh, when you look at what their their stars and ages of players and stuff within it where he doesn't have to be the guy, uh, if he goes to the Dodgers, even with the other players there, he's the guy. They're expecting it. 
San Diego is at a different spot within it where they'll expect more from pitching than hitting. If, if he pitches well within it, the hitting, as long as it's close to average, it's, it's not going to be a big deal. I think this is the better market for him. It's just a matter of how much does he want L.A. Can you imagine a team that has Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and and Fernando Tatis Jr.? That would be absurd. I Here would be my hot take. I don't want to give too many, but... I'll just give a preview hot take for next week. I think Haasian Kim has a better year than Xander Bogarts. I, I'm not a huge Xander Bogarts guy. I've said that before on here. I believe he got massively overpaid. I think he can put together a fine year. I think Haasian Kim is a better player and has a better year than Xander Bogarts. That is my hot take for the San Diego Padres. You mentioned Aaron Judge. Let's talk about the team that thought they had Aaron Judge and then thought they had Carlos Correa and is going into the free to the season instead with Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger, which fine players. Uh, neither one of them is Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa, but uh, the San Francisco Giants struck out twice, unfortunately for them. But last year, at exactly eighty-one and eighty-one, I mentioned Haniger and Michael Conforto at an offense. Charmanai as a pitcher, Ross Stripling as a pitcher. Those are the big additions. No huge losses, other than of course Carlos Rodon is the biggest loss on the team. Evan Longoria has been there a while. Brandon Belt has been there a long time. They struck out on Aaron Judge. They lost Carlos Correa. They lost Rodon. Are the mid-level additions enough to keep this team competitive? I'd put their ceiling at 85 uh, within it. Uh, but they, Aaron, Aaron Judge was the cap of what would have been a very good offseason for them. They always make the under-the-radar moves or the low-key moves that turn out very well. Do I like Mitch Hanniger here? Uh, do I like uh, uh, Michael Conforto here? Are these 30, 30 homer bats when they had no power whatsoever? Uh, within? Yeah, I, I like them as, as again, complimentary veteran bats. They needed the centerpiece, and that's what they couldn't get uh, this offseason, which is what limits their ceiling. But I like Sean Manea for a rebound candidate with them. They always do that well. Ross Stripling is a good one to go, go with that. And uh, they have Logan Webb at the top, and they've remade Alex Cobb back into a I, uh, who's enjoying a second-half right? uh, resurgence. So this will still be a solid team, still a winning record uh, is what I see there, but between 81 and 85 is where I think they end up. Yeah, you don't, you never dealt the pitching with them. They're going to figure it out. You mentioned Webb is – I think Webb is kind of a low-key star in the game, but that's for another discussion. But the offense, it just – I mean, even if we talk about the – the Dodgers not being maybe what they're used to. The Dodgers offense is still better than this offense. I think it's still because of the stars up top. There's just, there is no star. Like I said, Conforto's a fine player. Yastrzemski is a fine player. Mitch Haniger, when he gets healthy, he'll be a fine player. Jack Peterson. There's, it's almost similar, similar to an older version of what the Marlins put out there where it's just a lot of okay players, but nobody does anybody in the giants offense, maybe move the needle. Maybe if Michael Conforto fully bounces back, but we haven't seen him for a year. So he could See, be that person, but that, we haven't seen it. I would love at least if the uh, the Marlins did uh, with uh, the Giants, at least that rung up, because mm-hmm. they still they brought in, and now they kept Jock Peterson, uh, which is good. Then adding in uh, Conforto and, and adding in uh, Hanniger, like those are three solid veterans that the, the Marlins don't even have one of those guys. So that's the type of bat they needed to go with their uh, with their contact hitting. So like this will be a low average, but uh, it'll add the power. So it's the exact opposite style of the Marlins offense, but it will get you at about the same place, uh, which is where we're at between 81 and 85. 
And I'll take the under on that. I think I think this team starts to age out a little bit this year, but we'll we'll see. Because I I think this next team is going to. I'm going to say right now. I think this next team passes the Giants this year because I'm pretty much in on the D backs. I like if, what the Arizona is doing. If everything breaks right, uh, this has a chance to be one of the more uh, for whatever this means, uh, one of the most exciting teams uh, in Major League Baseball. Diamondbacks last year, 74 and 88, but a lot can change in one offseason. Officially, the additions are Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno. That was in the big Dalton Varsho trade. And then just additions on the margins, Andrew Chafin, Evan Longoria, Kyle Lewis. But the big thing here is this is the team that's the NL version of Baltimore, where we've been talking about it for a while. Who are the who is the prospects going to be? When are they going to come up? It's close. We saw some of them last year. We saw Alec Thomas. He kind of struggled at times, uh, but Corbin Carroll was up at the end of last year. He did not struggle. He is as likely as anyone to lead baseball in stolen bases. I believe he is the 100 percentile on Statcast and sprint speed, meaning he is truly the fastest player in baseball. They showed one of his uh, triples in spring training. His fat, like the the speed of his trainer within he's, it. He's it's, going to put together some Trey Turner like seasons, is what I yeah, expect out of Corbin that's Carroll. That's the ceiling, absolutely. And then we mentioned the trade for Gabriel Moreno. He is going to get a chance to play a catcher from day one as a twenty three year old because uh, Carson Kelly got hurt. And then it's just a matter of the offense. I don't have a whole lot of concerns with the offense. I think that they will enough and if these guys don't work it's just a matter of waiting till the next crop hits and there's another crop but there's a nice blend of contact and power uh, in, in this Walker lineup uh, here's a, a big power bat there uh Longoria sells out for power at his stage within it but that's all they need him to do at this point uh and if Kettle Marta is actually healthy uh, which is always the key they have the right blend of veterans and young rising stars this is going to be that's what the Marlins uh, want right there yep that's what the Marlins want that lineup I would agree with that a thousand percent. Now comes the question of the starting pitching. Zach Allen's fine. I've doubted Zach Allen. I darted I darted doubted the shoulder health more than the stuff, and he proved me wrong last year. So you give me one full year, I will say I'm wrong on that one. Merrill Kelly looks he's another one. Perfectly fine pitcher. Like very average pitcher, maybe a little above average. And then it just I, I don't know why Madison Bumgarner is in this rotation still, I, other than the fact that he's paid $85 million. I guess that's it. And Zach Davies, why? Ryan Nelson is fine. They had an uh, Brandon Fat led the minor leagues in strikeouts last year, pitched awesome in spring training, and they sent him down to the minors. I assume that it will not be long, and he'll be back up here. It's not enough of a rotation, even if you put Fat back in or Dre Jameson, however you want to do it. It's not enough yet to compete with the teams we talked about. But this team is getting pretty close. This is where we talk about with Baltimore, too, where they needed they need to add some pitching and they can compete. Arizona's gonna be one of the more fun teams to watch this year. I think they can I think they can go over five hundred. I will say that. I think they can go over five hundred. And one or two pitchers in the next couple of years, and this could get really fun really fast. And that's why when you look at this team uh, within it, there is no excuse for them not to spend hard on at least one or two starting pitchers next offseason. The rest of your young core here, they're young and cheap for the next uh, number of seasons. You go get veterans on three years. Like the, the veteran pitcher contract has been three years, $60 million, right? That's that's a Chris Bassett contract. Go, You get at least one of those guys, and you find one in the, the 10 to 15 range, if you want to, within it, who's going to at least give you slightly above league average uh, and, and guarantee you the innings within it. Like at least uh, uh, do that uh, within it. I love the Varsho trade. Uh, it's hard to find good young uh, catching within it. Moreno is regarded as a top five prospect overall uh, within it and at the catcher position. 
you didn't have anything coming up in the near future with it. That makes sense. Uh, so I like where they're at. I like what they've been building, uh, especially in the NL West. You need to strategically build. Uh, they have done that. Next year, next offseason is going to be the set, uh, where you need to get the final pieces that'll get you into contention in the NL West. Uh, but is this uh, does this team have a chance to compete for a winning record? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Winning record. The last team in the NL West. So we talked about one of the best run or uh, constructed and organized teams uh, for how they're going to uh, rise their way up out of the uh, the bottom of a division. Here's a team that didn't get that memo. Has, since we started doing this podcast, which was about four years ago now, I think. Yep. We talk about the Pirates being bad, but we think they've moved up. The Nationals won a World Series by the time we were doing this and has then fallen off. The Rockies are just consistently terrible. Like, I, I don't know how they're so bad. I, I do because they don't understand what they're doing. They have no development at all. And, and the players they do develop, they don't want to play. I think they're finally going to let some of that change. It looks like they're going to play Ezekiel Tovar at shortstop, which is exciting. I want to see that. But, I, okay, so they're offseason acquisitions, right? Brad Hand, Nolan Jones, fine, play him. You traded for Nolan Jones, who can hit 40 home runs there. He's going to strike out a lot. Play him. And Mike Moustakis, like, okay, I get it. You don't lose a whole lot. I mean, Carlos Estevez was a closer for him, but it's just an uninspiring team. That is the word No for team likes to acquire progress stoppers yes. more. Progress stoppers. That's a good word. Than the Colorado Rockies. Uh, and uh, I, do I like the idea of Mike Moustakis' power in Colorado? Yeah, I do. Uh, but not if it's going to be at the expense of any any player that you're trying to develop with because you're going to use Masakas for one year and then he's off somewhere else within it. So what good does that get you uh, if you're trying to build some sort of building blocks? Pittsburgh has building blocks yes. now, and they're growing that nucleus within it. Uh, their key is trying not to tick off their nucleus uh, within it for what they're trying to build. Can you name a nucleus on this team? The only building block is Ezekiel Tovar, and I want to see it, but I think he could be pretty good. You're going to, Chris Bryant is still locked in for the long haul. I do think he will be better this year. I have a, I think his foot's going to be, I think his foot was hurt all year. I think he could have a very nice bounce back year. I, I know people are like, oh, they just signed Jerickson Profar and he's going to bat lead off and it's a one year deal and they can flip him. Okay. If people wanted him, they would have signed him. Like he had all this time. I, another one, I, I like Jerickson Profar. It's fine. He's a good player, but that's not a core to a building team. It is Chris Bryant and Ezekiel Tovar are the only ones in three years on this team that you can say with any certainty are going to be on this team. And then you look at the pitching, and it's been terrible for how long? And I, I get it. They they put themselves in a tough situation just playing in Colorado. But you, look at that rotation. Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Jose Arena, Austin Gomber, Ryan Feltner. I know I said the Nationals had the worst rotation in baseball. I might have lied because Colorado exists, here is a perfect Colorado. Here's a perfect example of Colorado. Daniel Bard was hit to, set to hit free agency this offseason as a 37-year-old, coming off of a career season. And I that is awesome. Good for him. Daniel Bard came back into baseball after, what, seven years away and revitalized himself as a closer and got 34 saves last year. And then this team went out and gave him a two-year, $20 million contract as a 37-year-old closer. There's just that not a plan. That them in a nutshell. There's just no plan. Uh, and so they will continue to flounder until they do. Uh, and uh, 60 wins. 
yeah, uh, I'll take the over only because I still think there's a couple of teams that I think are worse. Uh, but this might be a year of more haves and have-nots. Uh, so could we have three very bad teams uh, within it and a, a few teams more over 100? There's, there's a clear, mm-hmm. like, worst three-tier, right? It's Oakland, it's Colorado, and it's Washington. Yep. Is there anybody else I'm forgetting? Because I think those are pretty clearly the worst three right now. Unless, hopefully one of you guys proves me wrong right now, I don't think so. Should we go to the Central? Let's tell people it. waiting long enough. We start, though, instead of with the Brewers, we start with the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that won last year, the only playoff team from this division last year. Last year, 93-69. and 69. They only made one addition all offseason. It was a big one. They had to replace their Hall of Fame catcher, and they went out and they signed Wilson Contreras. We thought, said it was kind of hard to find spots for him. That was one of the best spots we could find, and they did it. No big losses. Jose Quintana came in at the middle. The biggest addition is probably from within. Jordan Walker has made this team. He is, if there is. As an outfielder. I don't want to say there's going to be a Julio Rodriguez this year. If there is one, it could be Jordan Walker. I think he's got 20 homer, 10 plus steal potential, which is pretty good. And yes, I see that he is projected to play outfield. And your guy is in the lineup too. So we can both be right. Because we are both. We were debating that this weekend. Who would play DH? I thought Jordan Walker. You thought you thought Nolan Gorman and Nolan Gorman's DH, Jordan Walker, outfield it perhaps. It pushes Dylan Carlson to uh, fourth outfielders. What that does, and they play matchups. Remember like, when that's he the was idea. the spot that supposedly they didn't make the move to get Juan Soto was because they had Dylan Carlson. Do you remember that? I remember something about that. It was that. either Dylan Carlson or uh, Tyler O'Neill. But look, this is another team that's got a very good lineup. It's not, I mean, there's not a lot of change. We just said Wilson Contreras is really the only one, but... Is this baseball's or the National League's most underrated offense or because overlooked? Because it's so consistent. Mm-hmm. It, there is no, you know, Jordan Walker maybe, but beyond him, there is no, like, Corbin Carroll, flashy star. There is no massive signing. Trey Turner didn't come here. Dansby Swanson didn't come here. But do they really need him? I don't know. Probably. Tommy Edmonds rejected to bat ninth in this lineup right now. Now, I know they'll flip it back and forth based on – righties versus lefties, but it's just a rock-solid team that has incredible development. So players that you don't expect, Lars Newbar came out of nowhere, fine player. Brendan Donovan, good player. Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill. It's just really, really good. I would say this is baseball's best blended offense. Power, contact, patience, speed. Uh, if you, putting it all together for the amount like – uh, they are above average in every category. They're not going to lead in any category, but they will be above average in every category. This isn't even a high strikeout team outside of some like Nolan Gorman, uh, and it all depends how much he shows himself at the DH spot within it. And so, this and the the most blended uh, baseball's best blended offense. I don't know if I could say that three times fast, <laughs> but that's what I'd rate this offense. And their pitching is similar to that. It's. It's not, there's no stars, right? You're not looking here. Jack Flaherty, I don't think, is ever going to develop into the star. We maybe thought. But Flaherty, Michaelis, Montgomery, that's pretty good up top. Wainwright is going to miss the first couple of months, it sounds like, with a groin strain. He'll get him back. Steven Matz is fine. I don't know about Jake Woodford, but it's it's not flashy. They don't have flashy players. They never tend to. A lunch pail rotation. They just get the job done. That's all they need, right? And we said Six it before. Innings, this is the three team. runs given up. If, if there is a rock-solid team to win 85, I mean, we talk about, like, variables, right? There's very little variance in this team. It's very hard to not see them winning 85. It's really hard to see them winning 95. It is, like, rock-solid between 85 and 90 wins, I think. So, yeah, I'd call them a 90-win team. I think yep. that's where I'd, where I'd put them right now. 
let's go to the second team in the National League, which is the Milwaukee Brewers. Last year, 86-76. and 76. Did not make the playoffs, breaking my heart. But for an offseason, they had a lot of moves, too. A lot of them were trades. So they traded away Colton Wong and Hunter Renfro. And in return, got back Jesse Winker and William Contreras came back in a different, actually in a different trade. Uh, in that trade, they traded away Asturi Ruiz. Andrew McCutcheon left. We'll talk about him in a little bit. They did sign Wade Miley. He'll be in the rotation. And Brian Anderson, those are the bigger signings. Also, I lost Omar Narvaez. Here's the questions with the Brewers. It's simply with all these, do the rookies play? Because we've talked about the rookies. It sounds like Garrett Mitchell made the team. Bryce Trang made the team. Sal Freelich did not. If this team's going to win, it's back to the pitchers, right? We've talked about it for a while. Corbin Burns is apparently not in a great mood with the Brewers. Uh, he did hire Scott Boris last week as he's looking to get paid, and we'll see how long he's with the Brewers. But Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer, Miley, eventually you get Aaron Ashby healthy. That's as good of a rotation as there is in baseball. So this point for the, the Brewers, when you can tell when you're hiring Scott Boris as an agent, you already knew where things were going with him, but that was the last nail in the coffin. You don't care how angry he is, you just want him motivated. Uh, and he's let him chase the dollar figures because it means you're going to get the best out of him this year. Since he's not re-signing with the Brewers uh, within it, you just want him to have a Cy Young caliber year and, and go on that last year. Uh, at peak performance. So that's what you want to see, and he's motivated to do it. Uh, so that at least is the best positive uh, construction you can put at it from a, a Brewer perspective. But this offense is underrated. After the frustrations of last year, I will give them credit uh, for going and, and acquiring guys. Uh, the, the, the biggest move I think any team made, uh, outside of like talking Trey Turner, I love the William Contreras trade. They hooked themselves into this somehow uh, as uh, Oakland continues to not only, like, we'll see if they're right on the players they targeted, but it sure as they're getting fleeced. Hey, uh, Christian Pache was uh, DFA'd uh, for the big uh, Matt Olson trade uh, last year within it. Uh, so thanks for that giveaway. Uh, but, uh, uh, but Contreras was a lot of, not that they didn't give up something within it, but to get a young offense, already showing offensive showing, uh, Catcher capable, and they believe he is catcher capable. And even if he isn't, he's a solid either left fielder or DH. And they need bats. And so no matter what, they got a bat. They could end up with a very premium bat if they can get him to play at least competent uh, catcher. And this this is an organization that has been known to do that and get these guys at least up to capable. And so I love that move uh, for them. Uh, Jesse Winker, uh, a better fit. He needed a change of scenery. I like him here uh, with him at the same time. Uh, you add in some of the young guys ready to go. Uh, then you're starting to talk about a collection uh, of players from Jesse Winker, Rowdy Telez, uh, Willie Adamas. Uh, if Yalich is just an above-average leadoff hitter, I'm not looking for him to be an MVP candidate again, just be an above-average leadoff hitter, which he was close to that last year. So if, if that is your expectations for him, uh, and then you add in, Contreras, Telez, uh, Adamas, Winker. This is getting back to the offense that like to bash the home run. Uh, and there might be enough contact hitting uh, from the, the rest of the collection. That's the key for it. When we talk about Garrison Mitchell and we talk about Bryce Terang, if these guys take the first step up, uh, this offense could surprise. And if it does, the pitching staff is already built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Everything you said is true. Absolutely. William Contreras, great signing or great trade. 
I really like the Jesse Winker trade. We saw him struggle in Seattle a little bit, uh, but some of it was injury. Seattle's a tough place to pit, hit. Two years ago, he hit, I think, 27 home runs or something like that while hitting 300 in Cincinnati. So we've seen him have success in the National League Central. You get him back there on a one-year bounce back. I like that trade. The offense is sneaky, I will say. It's sneaky. It's not as consistent as what we just talked about with a team like St. Louis. It's a little more high variance, high volatile, but that can be that can be good too. You can get some good seasons out of that. And like you said, it's it's all about the pitching. The, the, we trust the pitching to be good. It's just a matter of is Freddie specifically Freddie Peralta is Freddie Peralta healthy? We saw Burns and Woodruff are going to eat innings for you. They're as pretty much rock solid as anybody in baseball right now. Can Freddie Peralta stay healthy? Because we've seen at times when he's when he's good to go, he can pitch. I mean, he's on that same caliber of pitcher. It's just a matter of can you get 145 innings out of him? He's kind of the Brewers version of your guy Tyler Glass now. That's kind of the same player that we talk about there. But, yeah, I like the Brewers. Uh, uh, what's your number? You give me a number on this one because it's your my team. I'll give you my, my two key players to reach their okay. ceiling. Peralta's one that you just talked mm-hmm. about, and then I'll say Winker's the other. Because uh, the others you expect, if Winker is what he was two years ago, uh, this offense is uh, is going to be different. Uh, floor, 85. Floor? Woo! Okay. I like it. I like it, dude. That's tough. This, That's a take, man. It, and the, and I think still, because also, Eric Lauer was, had his, when he was dealing with, you could t- some of it was health-related. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was healthy, he came out of nowhere last year with, with that. So that was uh, intriguing. Aaron Ashby, if they can get him to settle down, he reminds me of a young Freddie Peralta in the same way. Uh, then, then you have, you have you're, you're talking about another young pitcher that you can use uh, within it. Woodruff and Burns, you know what they're going to do. Uh, so it comes down to Peralta. If Peralta can be uh, healthy, uh, this team goes on to a different level. Well, my uh, number was I'm gonna, 85. So, as there, what do you think they're going to get? That was kind of my over under was 85. I think they're right around in that number. I'm going to go 85 to 90. I think that's okay. that's the range I see them in. Uh, I don't trust health enough uh, to get them over the 90 win marker, uh, but I think they're going to be right in, in that range. They'll be in the race for the National League Central. It's going to be a, at least two team race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. This. This next team here, we'll see. We'll talk. Or about. is it three? Uh, yeah, that's it that's three. the question as we make the transition to the the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs seventy four and eighty eight last season, so we're expecting a step up. But that's what's to happen when you spend money like the way the Chicago Cubs will, and you expect some step ups from players from within. But they did get one of the key free agent shortstops. We had always expected them to sign one of them. A lot of talk of Carlos Correa, but instead Dansby Swanson. Uh, they did add Cody Ballinger. We talked about him. Trey Mancini, Jamison Tyone, Eric Hosmer, Michael Fulmer. No massive losses. Other well, we talked about Wilson Contreras, Jason Hayward, Wade Miley. Some of the some of the losses on the margins there. Spent a lot of none. Spent a lot of money as they tend to do. And you're looking at a whole bunch of new players. I mean, right now this lineup is projected to have six new starters in it. Do I saw roster resource: Dansby Swanson, Trey Mancini, Cody Ballinger. Eric Hosmer, Edwin Rios, coming over on a minor league deal from the Dodgers, and Tucker Barnhart. That is six new starters from last year. Does it get them into the contention with the Brewers and the Cardinals? Congratulations on spending a, a truckload of money to get maybe a 500 team. Ooh, uh, that's, 500, okay. Uh, this is a pitching staff. Uh, there is no one that blows you away. Uh, literally, Stroman doesn't do it. Kyle Hendricks doesn't do it. Uh, you can go to most of these guys within it. They, they don't do it. They're not big strikeout artists. Uh, and if you could at least say they could patch together enough veteran innings, uh, 
you happy with that bullpen? You put it with a a uh, uh, a average at best rotation with a sieve of a bullpen. Uh, now when you're saying uh, when I'm looking just on ESPN, Michael Fulmer is listed as your closer. Seriously, uh, all yep. those all that nice work you is you go and, and put together all a shiny team and you put uh, make this uh, big car purchase and you put the worst uh, you put the worst wheels on your nice car. Uh, on your Maserati that you could. Uh, you went to a, a dumpster diving for tires to put on your expensive car. Uh, that's the equivalent of what they did with their bullpen. And even the offensive players they spent money on, but beyond Dansby Swanson, who I might be overly a big fan of, beyond him, Cody Bellinger has massive... Now, I know it's a one-year deal, but it's like for $20 million or something like that compared to the... You mentioned Nelson Cruz got $1 million. Like... Cody Bellinger, it's a one-year deal, so maybe he gets hot and you can trade him or something. But question mark, right? Trey Mancini, I like the guy. Congratulations on beating cancer. But he was terrible in Houston last year. We liked it, but he looked awful. Eric Hosmer is basically washed. I mean, he was basically thrown into the trade. Okay. And then, you know, Edward Nuitos, Tucker Barnhart, none of those guys. Again, did you move a needle? Like, did you get better? I don't know. I love Dansby Swanson. He's better than what you had. Uh, Dansby Swanson obviously counts, but who's, uh, whose uh, offense do you like more right now, the Cubs or the Marlins? That's that's a tough one. Um, and if that's a tough one, that tells you all you need to know. If that wasn't an immediate yes, after all they spent and everything they did. Uh, Jazz Chisholm's the best that, player. I love Dansby Swanson. Jazz Chisholm's the best player on both the teams. And this pitching can't carry it. So if you need the offense to do it and the offense can't do it, you're, call, you're calling one of the, if it's hard to beat one of the worst offenses in the National League, and this is your pitching staff. And the Marlins have a better pitching staff. How are you getting to 500? Uh, and this is one of those teams that I think could struggle because you don't have the benefit of playing in baseball's least division. Uh, and is now going more, more games against the Dodgers, more games against the the Mets, more games against the Phillies, more games against the the Padres. Like this team is going to get hurt by that, uh, and I think they're probably the biggest team that gets hurt by that. They do need Seiya Suzuki to get healthy. That'll help. Well, you mentioned him. I think he's. I think he'll have a bounce back season in his second year here in the states. I think he'll be better, and then that pushes probably Trey Mancini probably goes to DH, but. Still, it's it's not as good of a it's not a good enough offense. It's not a good enough rotation. I kind of like Hayden Wesneski, but that's just like an upside play. I don't think he's. It's not somebody you want to rely on. Other than Stroman, who you know what you're getting. There's not just there's just not enough there's just not enough here right now to compete with the Brewers and the Cubs. So or Brewers and the Cardinals. I think a, a season where you said maybe 500, but can they stay ahead of the fourth place team? That would be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Or excuse me, I know I was wrong. Oh well, these two tied. We'll talk about the Pirates next. Pirates, sixty-two and one hundred last season. Brought back Pirates legend Andrew McCutcheon off the Brewers. I like that. He should deserve to. Be, he should be back there. And then you know some small moves on the margins again. Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, Rich Hill. No big losses. I guess the big question all offseason was: Would Brian Reynolds stay here? We heard that he wanted to be traded. He is still currently a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I've already heard his, you still hear his name speculated all the time to go to the New York Yankees, but he is still a member right now. And 
you know, O'Neill Cruz is batting leadoff. I mentioned Jazz Chisholm earlier. If there is a player that rivals Jazz Chisholm for the most fun player in baseball, it is O'Neill Cruz. So they have that to look forward to. It's it's a better lineup than it used to be when we used to talk about that. Better lineup than the Cubs. I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. But you sh- you wouldn't take this lineup over the Cubs. I'd take the top four or five, maybe. I don't know if I'm taking the whole lineup over the Cubs. I prefer their their veteran one year guys over the majority of what I what I see out of the Cubs. I prefer I'm, them I'm, spending for what they're spending. I will take their lineup over the Cubs's lineup. That I will agree with. But because Carlos Santana. Uh, is still going to at least be with on-base percentage. Would you, would you be surprised if Carlos Santana has a better year than Eric Hosmer? No. no. I, I'd bet on that I right say. now. And like, so if you're comparing it like money to money, I'll take this one over what the Cubs are rolling out there. G-Man Choi uh, as a just, uh, platoon versus right-hand. This guy was a top 20 bat, a uh, top 25 bat in uh, versus right-handed pitching yeah. uh, in the last years. If he's healthy... Uh, his knee has given him issues, and that's always when well, things happen. That's what happen. happens when you stretch out and do the splits all the time. Yeah, there is that. Uh, but they're complimentary bats to what they have. Andrew McCutcheon being part of just a veteran presence there, but still has something left uh, within it with O'Neill Cruz and Brian Reynolds. I'd say they at least have a, uh, a top half the lineup that would be starters on most teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. But their rotation might be worse than the Cubs. Just because. Oh, yeah. Now, if we're talking pitching, that's going to be different. Like as the far Cubs as lineup, have, I mean, you talked. We just poo pooed Marcus Stroman and some of them. I like Marcus Stroman compared to Marcus Stroman would be the ace on this team. He's the ace on that team. I know Mitch Keller has had a great spring training. I have been bit by Mitch Keller too many times now. Another former top prospect, and beyond that, forty-three year old now, Rich Hill is projected to be their number two <laughs> starter as he just keeps kicking around baseball. Vince Velasquez has been bad for a while. Mm-hmm. Those three guys are the guys like. Uh, uh, how there's they just Euro Series, huh? They're still in baseball. That, that's pretty much when you look at their, their rotation, like, huh, these guys are still kicking. Well, here's one here's one to be happy about. I want to see Rollins Lincoln Serreras. Yep. I thought he looked great at times last year. They kept bouncing him back and forth between AAA and the big leagues for no apparent reason. Just keep him up there. I thought he looked great at times. I like their bullpen. I've liked their bullpen in the past, though. I like their bullpen. I think Bednar is one of the best closers in baseball. I wish and hopefully he gets a lot of opportunities. It's better than it's been for a while. It's still not good enough to compete with a team like the Brewers or the Cardinals, right? Correct. Yeah, this is a team that again, well, seventy over under. <laughs> if Brian Reynolds is there all year, they can beat seventy games. If Brian Reynolds stays all year, they they go over seventy. If they trade Brian Reynolds in the in the middle, it's I agree. Sixty-five, something. Yep. So I, I agree with that completely. I do think I think Brian Reynolds is one of the best players in baseball. We have said that for a while. I just I hope that. I hope he gets a chance to compete, whether it's here in Pittsburgh or in New York, because I'm a huge Brian Reynolds fan. So let's go to the last team that we've talked about, not, or we have to talk about. Or the most me. as excited as you can be for the Arizona Diamondbacks outfield. The Cincinnati Reds pitching has as much of a ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, Cincinnati as another 62-100 and 100 team is in a different – realm to me than where the Pirates are at. The Pi- Cincinnati did not make a ton of big moves. They added Will Myers. We talked about him, Will Benson. They lost Mike Moustakis. But but you, you just mentioned it, right? This team is based going to try to win games based on their young pitching, and they have two great ones. And I actually kind of like Graham Ashcraft at three. Anybody who throws a 98-mile-an-hour like two-seam fastball has got a future. And then Hunter Green is and Nick Lodolo are, are great. I, I think – who, who do you like more between Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo? Honestly, Nick Lodolo. I like the lefty. I, I have 
I like Nick Lodolo's lefty, and I have concern, not talent concerns. I just it's unnatural to throw as hard as Hunter Green does. He is not very big. We just saw Tristan McKenzie, who is built like a string bean, get hurt and miss eight weeks. Here looks like now. Chris Sale, we said it for years. Chris Sale, is he going to get hurt? And he made it till 33 before he had to have Tommy John surgery. I just worry about Hunter Green's arm. But I'd love to be wrong on that. I think that it's one of the more fun top two in a rotation. And then they have a fun closer. Edwin Diaz's brother, Alexis Diaz at closer, is pretty good back there too. So it's a fun rotation. And the offense is (laughs) – they have – Okay, they take advantage of the fact they play in the smallest park in baseball. Even Colorado's actually got a huge park. It's just the ball carries there. But Cincinnati is tiny. And so we saw Brandon Drury had that big year last year. I kind of like some of the stuff they did. Like, would you be surprised if Will Myers Myers, had 25-plus home runs out of there? The best, uh, even more than him going to Colorado, that is the best fit for him. Look at the the guys who have have pounded that out of the park there within it. Uh, Adam Dunn for all those years. Uh, within so many other guys, Jesse Winker had careers, Nick Castellanos had careers, Brandon Drury. Uh, there's no reason why Will Will Myers cannot be Brandon Drury. Yeah, this exactly. Year. Yes, that is the perfect one there too. And and I like I think Jonathan India was hurt at t- big chunk of last year. I think he'll be yep. better. I like Tyler Stevenson. So, like, there's some things that are there, but I have no. None of that. None of them inspire confidence on their offense. Like I can look at, at Pittsburgh. And there's guys that I I, I like. like. It make like there's guys. There's I, no I Brian just Reynolds. Like there's no O'Neill. Cruz. I just like them. I, there's uh, Cincinnati. There's there's nothing that gives you that heartwarming feel to say, yeah, I, I could believe this guy's really gonna uh, be a needle mover. Like there just isn't that there. Like they're gonna win a lot of four to three, three to two, two to one type games uh, within with that top three of their pitching staff. They're gonna have many of those opportunities, but. Young pitchers still need time to develop. If any of them miss any time within it, uh, if you want to hear a, a next person to inspire confidence, do you happen to know their top prospect? If you ever heard of Ellie De La Cruz, so Ellie De La Cruz is the next O'Neill Cruz. Ready between Double A AA and Triple A last year. Ready for this stat line: eighty-seven runs, nine triples, twenty-eight home runs, eighty-six RBIs, forty-seven steals, three hundred five. That's the next one. Like I want to see Ellie De La Cruz to be the next O'Neill Cruz. Isn't there a guy with the initial CES? Christian Encarnacion Strand. Yep. That's another one. He was he was having a great I drafted him in my dynasty league. He was having a great spring training. He hit like six home runs. They got him in the trade for um oh the pitcher to the twins. Tyler Molly. They got him in the Tyler Molly trade. And I thought they might keep him, but he he hurt his oblique. So they're gonna go with stupid old Joey Votto instead, which disappointing there. But look, this team has actually been in their trades uh, and drafting. They're doing it. Well, we're again compared to team, Colorado. If you pick like the the bottom ten teams uh, in in all of Major League Baseball, whose uh, upside are you buying within it? Cincinnati would be one of the teams mm-hmm. I'd pick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cincinnati. Who finishes last? Instead of doing the picks and numbers, who finishes last? Pittsburgh or Cincinnati? Or the Cubs? That's you're hating on the Cubs, that's, man. That's actually tough. Uh, uh, with within it, I'm not. I just don't. I don't buy the Cubs ceiling. I buy their floor, but I don't yeah. buy their ceiling. Uh, I think I'll go Pittsburgh uh, only because I, I I prefer since he's pitching. Yeah, I was going to say I think Cincinnati uh, beats Pittsburgh. I think Cincinnati is a little better than Pittsburgh yet, but but you're also relying on two arms who aren't 26 years old and have not done it very long too, and there's not a whole lot of like replacement value in that team either. So 
They're both one of those one of those team one of those pitchers goes down for half two thirds of a season. Uh, you're you're in competition for one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. That's how much it's that's contingent on those guys. Remember last year when they started like three and nineteen? Remember that? Remember we were talking about how terrible this team looked, and they actually got. I mean, from that point on, basically, if you started three and nineteen, you're Kudos not to all them. that uh, off of uh, pride kicking in and uh, and going back and rallying back within it. That was uh, that was good to see. Well, we did it. All thirty teams. Uh, we have got everything uh, covered for your your preview and enjoy the the first uh, uh, first opening pitches of the Major League Baseball season, and we will give you our uh, full predictions and hot uh, and uh, initial hot takes uh, in our next podcast. Blake Snell, second side young for Dan. <laughs>